Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So yeah. I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is sponsored by Amazon best-selling author of Retail Pride. He's the founder of Take Pride Today. He was recognized as being one of the top 100 global retail influencers for 2021. Mr. Ron Thurston. Ron is the real deal. But I tell you, Ron loves retail and he's proud of it. He's led some retail teams for some of America's most prominent brands. We're talking Bonobos, Intimix, St. Lauren. The list goes on and on. But he didn't write this book for brands. He wrote this book to help celebrate your accidental career. I had an opportunity to sit down with Ron. He is the real deal. He he loves leading teams and pouring into the lives of individuals. So when you pick up his book, if you haven't already done so, you can go to Amazon to pick up his book. It's chock full of nuts and nuggets to help you navigate your career in retail. Good morning, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek. Baby, actually, baby, oh, D-Rock, D-Living Stone. Yo, we're here today with CJ from Turning Heads Barbershop. Yo, welcome to the show, CJ. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? Doing well. So I had to come by and, um, and talk to you because I heard a lot about you. Um, some good things. And what you overcame, I stopped by here before the shop opened up. I was so excited I got here before it actually opened. He's like, no, we can't uh, <laughs> we can't record right now. He's like, real low-key. Yeah. No, I really don't. You know. I'm like, all right, no problem. So tell, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started cutting. And uh, yeah. Well, I actually started cutting when I was 15 years old. That's when I took it serious. Honestly, I got three brothers. Mm-hmm. So growing up, my dad used to cut my hair. Jack us up. Like, <laughs> bad. So, like... So, Pops was in a barber? Like, no, okay. he wasn't a barber. He wasn't a barber, but honestly, he just didn't like the barbershop thing because he got three boys. So, it's <laughs> like he just pretty much cut our hair himself. So, um, it was cool when we was young, but as we got older, people started to look at us like, that's not fly. Like, we was getting the house cuts. So, it started with my older brother. My older brother was like, listen, he not cutting our hair no I'm up starting because I know what's in style. My dad's from Georgia. He's old. He's old school. He don't mm-hmm. really care. So he gave us the butcher cuts. So it started with my older brother. Um, we started getting nice. I followed up after him. And then we started cutting each other here. I wasn't as good as him, but mm-hmm. we got the job done. So over the time, um, kept doing it, kept doing it. We got good. Um, we ended up buying new clippers, um, updating ourselves. I started to cut my younger brother's hair, 
And so you're like the middle son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I got two younger brothers. So um, over the time we go to school, kids, our dads is like, we got you here, we got you here, we do it. So before I know it, now me and my brother were cutting our friends here. Um, I end up taking it a little bit more serious <laughs> than my older brother. Um, I end up cutting all my friends here growing up. Um, by that time, I'm about 15. That's why I'm like, on my way to high school and high school. Now I'm cutting my friends here in high school. Okay. So now... Um, my close friends started from their friends. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to start charging people now. Because oh, you was just doing it for free? I was doing it for free. Oh. <laughs> I was doing it for free. I was about to ask you, how did you figure out how much to charge? It was a chill thing. Oh, okay. It was pretty much a chill thing. My friends wanted to get right, so I was like, right, I'm going to get you right. So um, it started from that. Um, it started from three friends to six to seven. Mm-hmm. Now I'm known as CJ the Barber, whatever the case may be. So okay. now I'm charging $10 or whatever the case may be. And honestly, I didn't take it too serious. Honestly, um, you got me a bag of chips and the juice or whatever. I cut you here. I didn't really take it as serious. But, um, yeah, I took it serious after that. When I got out of high school, I ended up going to hair school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. So what did your pops, um, what did your pops say? He, he, I don't know. Um, he more so, um, he didn't think we were going to take it serious, mm-hmm. like, or me, myself, but it, it was just so passionate because we didn't want him to cut our hair. Okay. jacked us up so much. <laughs> so it was like, anything's better than that. So, I mean, he didn't really mind. But now, until to this day, it's like, he really cuts hair still. Like, oh, shoot. And he took it serious. Now he has a career doing it. Wow. So it went from something from play to, all right, I'm pretty good at it, to going to school from me having, like, but in the midst of me cutting hair, I always had a job. But it, I just didn't like having like the job. Like I worked at Jordan Fabrics. Mm-hmm. I was a I was a CNA for a point of time. Okay. I think that was my breaking point. Being a CNA, I was like, listen, I cut hair. I might as well just take this serious. So like, I so maybe, what, of, what was the breaking point? It just was being, being a CNA. Oh my God, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Jewish home. That was okay. my breaking point. So like, all those of having a job, I took those as lessons in the discipline factor okay. of me becoming an entrepreneur. I got to look up CNA because you make it sound like real. It's, it's crazy. But the thing is, it's like, I don't know. I was always looking for an exit of like, you know, because I, I graduated a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like now in today's age, it's like, you know, you need certain degrees to have a job. So like I had job interviews and jobs that I wanted and I wasn't qualified or underqualified. So I took what I was good at and me cutting hair. And the thing is, my mom was like, you know, she wanted me to go to college. Mm-hmm. So it's like, listen, if you're not going to go to college, you're going to go to hair school. And if you go go to hair school, you're going to own your own barbershop. Because that's it. So I'm like, all right, I'm a, that's what I'm going to do. So I took that. I went to hair school back in 2010. Mm-hmm. And by 2015, I'm owning a barbershop. Wow. So yeah. Five years in the game. Yeah. So did you have a, a single chair or, or was it a... Uh, no, I started cutting at uh, Moe's Barbershop in Terrace off Reservoir. Mm-hmm. It was a Muslim guy. Um, he was very, very strict. So um, he was open seven days a week. Um, he also tried to, like, you know, he was a cool guy. He taught me a lot of things. So that was the first barbershop that I started to work at. Um, it was literally the only thing we could watch in was news. Okay. It was the news and the animal planet. I hated it. <laughs> but it was... It was uh, a lot of these things shaped me in my character as a barber. Okay. So, like, it was a lot of discipline working with Mo. So, I mean, to this day, I respect him. He's a good dude. 
So I was with him um, for about three years, and then I left him, and then I transferred over to headquarters. Um, I worked for Bub, mm-hmm. so that's when it was like it was more of a fast pace. Okay. Because when I was at Moles and the Terrace, I was on a commission, so like he had me at a fifty-fifty, and I didn't like that. So if I made eight hundred dollars for the week, he took four. And and the thing is, I was young. So I accepted that because it was it was money to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't really matter. But I had other barber friends. I was in my ear like, listen, maybe you should just pay your chair. Pay your chair and get control of your own dollar amount, whatever the case may be. So, um... Do they teach you all this in, in, in the school or you just... In the school, they teach you pretty much how to greet clients, how to keep a client, and, um... You know, the basic things. Um, how to cut hair. Yeah, they don't teach you the swag of a barber, though. They teach you, like, scissor work and, like regular prep things that you have to know pretty okay. much but um all the house like the upcoming of like you know the the culture mm-hmm. that is just it just that just grew on to me in the schools now it depends on what school you go to though okay. now today like that school i went to was brio and they weren't really uppity like that so it's like i brought that that culture to the school so okay we all adapted with each other Gotcha. I went there for the scissor work, so you know, and the theory work, of course. So um, after that, um, when I went to uh, Bub headquarters, I was there for about two years, mm-hmm. um, and I, now I'm paying my booth rent. It was more of a fast pace. Um, he was a popular barbershop, still is. He was a popular barbershop during that time, mm-hmm. and. Um, that helped me grow my clientele as well. And I met um, colleagues over there, and I started to network with different barbers. I met on my own. Um, it was a barber there named Justin. I met him. We ended up teaming up, actually. Okay. And then we ended up going, and we created Turning Heads. So um, it was pretty much a growth thing. That whole, that whole era was pretty mm. much a growth thing for myself. So how long were you on Madison Avenue? I was on Madison five years. Yeah, I was there for about five years. I got there in 2015. And then about 11 months ago, that's when everything went down. So mm-hmm. I had a good run over there. Okay. Yeah. So what, what was that like? I mean, because when I heard it was a fire burned down, I immediately thought, okay, this was at night. Nah. Something happened. You get there in the morning and man. you're looking like, oh, man. You know what's crazy? I had just got back from vacation. You know, I was just got back from vacation. I had fun. So I come back. Um... This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Print Workshop. Yo, these folks, I tell you, you see the grit shirts, you've seen the grind shirts. I did a 30 day grind social media experiment and I wore that shirt for 30 days, yo. And I washed it, obviously I washed it, but the care and the the texture, the print, the ink, everything held up. So I am very impressed. Yo, for real, for real. When I tell you that the ink on the shirt held up, the colors of the shirt held up, I was so impressed. I contacted the manufacturer that makes the shirts. I contacted the creative print shop and said, yo, man, I'm very impressed with your shirts. I'm happy, pleased. 
And so, yes, they are, they are a proud sponsor of the Behind the Wheel and how I'm building this podcast. You know, they started in 2000. That's 11 years ago as a custom design company that drew custom designs on apparel with fabric paints. Yo, Brother Hazel has been in the printing and design industry for 20 years, yo. Over 20 years. I mean, when, when, you, when I tell you about the, the process, the care, it's one thing to say, you know, it's, it's a black-owned company, but the professionalism with which they handle your, your order from Zanti, who is, you know, the office manager who's in customer service, always pleasant, always upbeat. Before you go to place your order, yo, there is a consultation. You sit down with the CEO and founder, the chief executive officer of everything, Brother Hazel, and man, it is um, from from the ordering process to review. You can approve your orders online. So if you're in need of design, print, garments, yo, they handle everything. I'm getting some mugs, some of the killer mugs. I can't wait till they come in, yo. Yeah, so to talk to a designer, give them a call at 443-842-3900. That number again is 443-842-3900. Yo, she's jogging on the block. All black, everything. The number again is 443-842-3900. Or you can email if you've got a question. Info at thecreativeprintshop.com. That's creative with a K. Thecreativeprintshop.com. Not thinking anything of it. But the thing is, um, when the fire happened, it was on April 3rd. It was right before Easter. Like, right before Easter. So, it was a busy day. Um, I pretty much had a, I had a full schedule. I just got back from vacation. I booked everybody. I pushed everybody up <laughs> for that week. So, the shop was active. It was about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then um, a light went out. Mm-hmm. So um, a light went out in the shop. I'm thinking it's the breaker, you know. So I'm like, let me go check the breaker. So when I come out of my kiosk, I have like a little section in the old shop. Come out of it, smoke starts to shoot down. I'm like, what in the world's going on? I got tenants that live upstairs mm-hmm. above me. So I'm like, man, I hope they didn't burn something. I'm not thinking it's a fire. Like okay. that's the last thing on my mind. It's a fire. So I'm like, man, they bugging upstairs. Like it's smoke coming down. I'm like, let me open up the back door. Open up the back door. More smoke starts to shoot down. I look at the vent. I see fire sparking down. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, it's a fire. Man, it's a fire. <laughs> now it get real. I'm like, oh, man. So now <clears throat> I tell my boy Carl, I'm like, yo, it's a fire. We got to get everybody out. Mm-hmm. So um, by that time, um, <clears throat> the emergency lights come on and stuff like that. Thing, the, the ceiling starts to collapse down. Because they said the fire started underneath the barbershop. They said it started from the basement. So I guess it was an electrical issue so fire rises so it started from the basement mm-hmm. and then it rose up the, the walls and then it caved over us through the ceiling part and then it started burning back down mm-hmm. so um, it happened so quick um, we got out um, I ran out uh, me and a client there's three there's like three floors in the back because there's tenants so we bang on the first floor nobody's there then we bang on the second floor there was a kid in there and the kid said he seen the smoke, but he did. I'm like, we get the kid out. Mm-hmm. So the kid comes out, um, third floor, nobody's there. So by that time, the ambulance come. Um, 
by the time I get back to the front, um, the fire is literally in the barbershop now. So by that time, it's nothing. I couldn't grab anything. It was like, it just, everything wow. just happened that quick. So it was like, dang. So what'd you think? Like, um, what am I going to do now? I mean, yeah, that was the main, that was the first thing. What am I going to do? Because it was like, it was rough. I had a full staff. <laughs> I had no plan B. I was comfortable. So it was like, That was a, that was like a real, real, real big loss, you know. So how did you, how did you transition from there? Well, um, from there on out, on that day, um, after the fire, um, that day I was pretty much dating myself the rest of the day, because I'm over here trying to think of a plan, like, what am I going to do, blah, 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 um, I had got calls from, um, other barbershops, they said that I could pretty much, uh, stay there but then again it's like alright it's not just about me I got a staff like I could be good cause mm-hmm. I got fellow barbers that could pretty much cover me but mm-hmm. then again I feel responsible because I have a staff so it's like I, it's not really more so about me being for self cause like I have people that's under me that works for me like they're my friends and we're a team so it's mm-hmm. like alright I'm gonna figure this out um and then I had a friend who was like listen um I know you took a loss unexpectedly why don't you just start a GoFundMe going real quick? So I'm like, all right, bet I'm gonna try it. So um, I tried it, um, and I was fortunate enough that it people came through. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a lot of sponsors um, um, throughout the neighborhood. I had a lot of sponsors. Also, my uh, my daughter's school. Also, she goes to a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, they they pretty much gave some big um, donations as well. So that was a big boost. That kicked it up for me. Um, I pocketed that, put that to the side. I used my own money, and pretty much that pretty much gave me motivation to pretty much boost up to get a bigger, bigger spot um, that we're in today. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are you saying to like your team? What What is their like response? I mean, like they're coming, yo. Uh, well, their response was <clears throat> they were pretty much just trying to support me. Um, they didn't want me this. They know I was beating myself up because me, I failed to have insurance for the building. So that was a setback. And the reason for is because, you know, when COVID happened, um, it was a lot of expenses. You know, I got to worry about my health, insurance. You know, I got I got other bills that I have. And, and the last thing I'm expecting, it was irresponsible, but the last thing I was expecting was a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm putting things on hold for the more important things that are hitting me like now. COVID really messed a lot of things up. Yeah. So now I'm cutting back on expenses and I'm putting forward on expenses to get to the next day so things level out, you know? So, um, yeah, so during that, the worst happened, you know? So um, my team, they pretty much stood by me during that whole time. You know, they motivated me. They told me, like, listen, don't beat yourself up. Don't worry about us. We're going to be good. Just do what you got to do. So that whole week, I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm looking for a vacation. Um, I had, uh, Jeanette Harriman, the city council, she was helping me out as well. She, um, we became close friends. Um, she gave me at least like three locations, um, that could possibly be good for me to set up shop quickly. Mm-hmm. But the thing is with me, I didn't want to do it so quick because I didn't want to just grab a location because with location is key. So, I mean, there were spots, but it's just, I was picky. But at the end of the day, it's like, I didn't want to be desperate. I'm like, I'm going to just go right here and set up shop. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a 
for a perfect location, you know? Mm-hmm. So it took me about two, three months to find a location, you know? So um, I found two spots. They weren't really that. And then I'm just riding one day. I'm riding down Boston Ave. And then I find this spot. So I'm looking... And I see a lot of vacant spots. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't, I've been driving up and down this street for months and I didn't think to look. So then again, it's like, maybe I belittled myself. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you look in this plaza? Yeah. I'm looking, I'm still, cause I came from a little shop over on Madison. So it's like, let me just go over here. So I go into the hair store right here and I asked them cause I didn't know who to contact. So when I asked them, the hair store, they was excited because I told them I'm a barbershop owner and I'm looking for a location. I didn't who do you guys pay the rent to? They got excited. So when they got excited, I was like, maybe it could work. Mm-hmm. So they gave me the contact. They was like, I'm going to give you the contact, but don't tell them we gave you the contact because a lot of people be asking for contact. So I guess they really wanted uh, a salon here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I called the, uh, the landlord, the, uh, the people that um, is in this lot right here, and um, called them. I, I introduced myself. They also got excited. I guess it's something different to the plaza. So they met me the next day. They met me the next day. Um, I guess they did research on themselves. They seen that I was a popular uh, barbershop owner. So they was like, yeah, you can have this spot right here. Mm-hmm. So at first, I was going to take Maverick. Okay. Maverick was too, 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 too big. Mm-hmm. It was like humongous. I'm like, they tried to throw that out. I said, like, listen, <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate your confidence in me, but um, let me just get this out of here. This portion of Behind the Wheel podcast is proudly sponsored by the folks at Lenses Only. Yo, so I was in the market for a new pair of glasses. I had lost my frames. My prescription was long overdue, and now I'm a little down. Until one day, I walked into the Goodwill, and I found a pair of frames, same color, different shape. I'm up to trying something new. I call the manufacturer and say, hey, listen, do you think you can put lenses inside of these frames? Nah, son, it's out of circulation. So I get a pair of glasses, but... I go to almighty Google because I still like the frames. Hey, listen, do you think you can, is there a company out there that can put lenses into existing frames? And voila, what pops up? Lenses only. So I give them a call. Pleasant professional on the other end of the phone, even though I've got existing glasses, because of the service that I received on the other end of the phone, I figured I would give them a shot. I'd go out there and visit the location. Yo, I made the trip out to Bloomfield. They've got three locations in Connecticut with a fourth one coming online in Wethersfield. Ah, man, 50% off designer frames, but 80% of their business is with putting lenses into your existing frames. Most opticians won't risk it, but not at Lenses Only. They've got you covered. So how does it work? You go online to lensesonlyoptical.com. You plug in your prescription. You select your lens choices. You pay cha-ching, and they will send you a box with a return label so you can put your frame in them. And then within a couple of weeks, voila, they're back at your home, and you're seeing clearly as ever. So if you want regular frames, though, you've got to make the trip to Avon, Bloomfield, or Torrington. And Yes, as I said, a new location is coming online in Weathersfield on Silas Dean Highway. Lensesonly.com. They've got you covered. And this spot is big too. Yeah. So there's like, all right, um, we like you so much. You can stay here. And if you want to transition over down to a bigger spot based on your growth, mm-hmm. um, 
you can do that. I was like, deal. So we worked out the numbers. We came to an agreement. And um, I signed the papers in May. No, was it May? It was June. It was June. I signed the papers in June. And I started working on the spot. But when I got here, it was like literally bricks and concrete. Okay. Oh, so you had to build this all out. Yeah. It was literally bricks and bricks and concrete. And it was a new thing for me because the process of going through permits and all that, it was a learning experience. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that also built character for myself because it was a learning experience, mm-hmm. you know? But, but you got, you, I'm sorry, you can see you had, like, a vision for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for how you wanted the spot. Yeah, I had I had a vision. I pretty much had a vision. Honestly, since I was 15, I always had a vision of my dream barbershop, mm-hmm. of what I wanted to look like. I always wanted a barbershop, you know? So it's like, when I got that chance um, with space, I displayed it here. Okay. You know, so I wanted to give it a modern look up to date, mm-hmm. you know, so... So it's it's a nice spot. Um, so you come in, you see the the, the, the wood floors, mm-hmm. um, you know the decor. You got the ring lights from the ceiling. Yeah. You got your office. You yeah. got a little section over here, hair wash thing here, yeah. and then there's this back studio lounge kind of like yo. This is yeah. a whole. That's honestly what I'm working on. I'm I'm gonna probably finish that up in the summertime. Um, honestly, that I want to put that for pretty much the kids. You know, I want to give them something for when they come here to have mm-hmm. somewhere to kick back. You know, um, probably a game room, you know, mm-hmm. you know, something for them so they can kick back, you know, a place after school or if they yeah. want to come and just chill and do stuff like that, you know. So that's something I don't want to say too much now because I'm still brainstorming okay, I got you. I got something you. that I could pretty much put back there for them so they could, you know, be safe back there mm-hmm. and chill, you know, if they want to do homework or whatever the case may be. But that's just something because I have staff here that have kids as well, mm-hmm. you know, so. They work, but it's inconvenient for them to work when they have their kids, their book schedule. So the thing is, I want to put something comfortable enough where they can pretty much do their arts and crafts or whatever the case may be for school or whatever to get them situated for the next day. So yeah. everybody can do what they got to do. That's what's up. So I'm there at the Semi Academy, and then um, Jordan, who's this brilliant young man, you cut his hair, find out you cut his hair. I've been cutting his hair since he was five. Wow. My man, I think he's like 12 or 11 now. Yeah, um, cool just, had, just, just had a birthday. <laughs> he was telling me, we, yeah. I, did a, I did a show about uh, Bonobos. Bonobos is this this uh, pant company. These two guys who are not designers, they just they just figure they're going, they don't like the way the pants are. They're going to start selling pants out of the back of their trunk, yeah, trunk yeah. of their car. And so I'm, I'm, during the time I'm talking about Bonobos, the title, somebody had written an article about them, and the article was Monkey Business. Yeah. Jordan is like, well, it's, it's, they're not really monkeys. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, this kid's different. Yeah. And so his mom was saying, um, they were cutting his hair. You know, it's like, God, don't be, they have to hold him down. And then one day he's just like, yo, I want to go to the barber. And she told me about you. It's like, okay. He, he sat there and he let, let you cut the hair. So, like, what did you do? Like, you wore some sort of like voodoo on him? Or, like, <laughs> when, just, I, when I met him, some dust on him. I, like, what? Honestly, Jordan was a little scared, but the thing is, um, I don't pretty much apply, like, I make them feel comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I let them play with the clipper, because the thing is with them is they have to overcome what they might be scared of, because they don't know what they're scared of, mm-hmm. they just know they're being in a the chair, 
held down. It's a loud machine in their head. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, all right, I let them see the machine. You know, it's, it just vibrates with the kids. And this is the noise and things. I just try to make them feel comfortable enough so I can do what I got to do. Okay. Like once they see, I even let them touch the teeth on the clipper. Like, listen, it's not going to hurt. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. It works with most kids. And Jordan was one of them it worked with. The only problem I had was he didn't like the noise behind us. And I accepted that. That's fine. But, you know, he was pretty, like, easygoing throughout mm-hmm. the process for me. Exposing the clipper to him. So he could feel comfortable enough for me to do what I had to do. Yeah. And after that, we became friends. It was cool. <laughs> and then his mom began to tell me, like, you were the first barber that was able to do this. Oh, my God. And I'm like. Yeah. So th- there's something. Um, I have this theory that, that barbers are the first um, entrepreneur that a young person sees. Mm-hmm. And when I came over and I heard about it, I was like, let me come over. And she you know, just had a fire. It's like, damn, there's a, there's a, there's a story here. And we sat down and we spoke and you would tell me, you, you go into the schools and, you know, you do public speaking. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend named Lawrence and um, he was honestly my mentor coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, a, I, used, I, I went to Highland School um, Elementary uh, over there on Reservoir Avenue. Okay. So they had a program called Saturday Academy. They don't have that anymore for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, he was my mentor. You know, we went on trips and stuff like that. And honestly... Um, he asked me who cut my hair as well. I told him me. He see, I had a jack up here because I wasn't perfect. In the <laughs> so he took me to his barber. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because um, when he took me to his barber, his barber worked in like a little, like a, it was like a single dial. It was in a salon, but he was the only barber there. He mm-hmm. was in the plaza over there where um, the old Jimmy's used to be at over there by Burger King. Okay. Lawrence, he took me to his barber. Um, he spoke highly of his barber. And right after the Saturday Academy, he took me to get my hair cut. He cleaned me up. So I'm like, oh, that, blah, blah, blah. So that opened my eyes. Because I didn't really go to too much barber shops when I was younger. He took me to a barber shop. So that opened, opened up my eyes to see, like, pretty much of entrepreneur in a way. You know, from that barber that I met. But um, that barber, he passed away, though. You know, so, um, Lauren, I cut his hair now. Okay. So now I cut Lauren's hair, you know, he hit me about probably, it was probably like seven years ago. He was like, yo, I trust you to cut my hair. He told me what's going on. Now I cut Lauren's hair. We're Mm -hmm. still, we're close friends now, you know. But, um, that's how all that came about, pretty much. So you are like this fixture here in in, in the community. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, did you foresee that, or, or this was just... Honestly, um, from Lawrence shadowing me, when I was younger, um, he pretty much molded me to pretty much he see what I became, and he's like, listen, help me give back to the community a little bit, you know? Basically, from what he did for me when I was younger, he's like, listen, this is what I'm doing now. Um, he introduced me to uh, the principal at Central. Um, they had a program called Mentoring Our Youth. Mm-hmm. So uh, he will have me come in and he'll talk, I'll talk to the younger kids about self-grooming and maintenance and stuff, how important it is to take care of yourself uh, presentation-wise, mm-hmm. um, as far as if it's to go for a job interview or pretty much, you know, hygiene and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much all around. And I went there, um, what was it, twice a week. 
Wow. And I talked to the kids. It was cool kids, you know. Some of them, uh, they honestly asked to work at my barbershop. So after school, they'll come and they'll sweep the barbershop, you know. And it was pretty much just under me. And they were cool kids, you know. It's just, for some reason, they seen me and they just related. You know? Yeah. So it was like, yo, he's cool, blah, blah, blah. He, he wears stuff like us. Yeah. Like, or stuff that I would want to wear. So they'll just, they'll just cling on. So after the, after, because the school is right down the street from the um, barbershop. So after school, they'll just walk on over. They'll sweep, chill out, whatever the case may be. I'll give them some chores and stuff to do. Some of them want to learn how to cut hair. Mm-hmm. So um, they told Lawrence. Lawrence told me. So now I'm inside the school. I'm giving lessons. Now I'm doing live haircuts for the kids. And they're watching. I have some videos and stuff like that, too, on my phone of me doing it. It's, it's funny. But it was cool, though. It was mm-hmm. fun. Because um, it was pretty much giving the kids something to look forward to or just pretty much opening and expanding their mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's what, that's what attracted me. It's like, yo, this is... We're in a space right now where I feel like people... um, It's cool to be smart. Yeah. So I, I'm concerned about like kids that's kids in general but the kids that get pounced on is a kid like Jordan you know what I mean he's a little different you know he's brilliant and so now people are like you know you you ask too many questions but you gotta be curious and if you're not then you got a couple of options you know and so if you know it's it's okay now to be smart it's okay to I can tell a story and I can do it behind a microphone or I can look up to to CJ who's a shop owner an entrepreneur and Oh, I can do. I can use my hands or a skill and build something, yeah. provide something better for my family. So that's that's an interesting story, man. So that's that's why I wanted to have you on, mm-hmm. um, so people can can see and yeah. hear. Because I think people, just, it's just it's just a haircut. Yeah, it's just, I'm just a haircut. What do you think a barber gives? Um, what do you, what do you give your client? Well, honestly, me personally, I give my clients. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a confidence. You come in, you know, people come for therapy, you know. I have clients that just come to get bald heads just to get, you know, just for the therapeutics. I'm just like the barbershop vibe. They want to talk, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of people come for interviews. It's all about presentation. So um, I have people that really come every two days. Wow. Just, you know. So I feel like barbers, every two days, God damn! <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like barbers play a big role. Yes, a big, yeah. big role. You know, so, I mean, shoot. That's what's up, man. So what's next for CJ and turning heads? Um, well, honestly, I don't want to put too much out there, but I am working on something. I don't want to speak too soon on it. But um, I just opened up. You know, this was pretty much a big task, but I, you know. I'm still working on some things right now. All right, so he not he not he not gonna say. Okay, I got it. I got. It. I thought we were gonna get an exclusive. Yo, I appreciate you, man. Thank you All so right. much, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wishing nothing but um, you and your team, nothing but blessings and prosperity, man. Thank you. Appreciate thank you, you, thank you, man. Thank you. All right. All right.